When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Penn State football season is over, but that does not mean that the news has stopped. It's been a while since we've done this. I'm Nate Bauer. Our guest today is Sean Fitz. This is the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. Yes. That was that was my best one. There's no I, question. I mean, that's fine, but you called me a guest. I kind of am co-host i guess part of the show you know regularly on thursdays we like to talk about penn state football it has been a while we haven't done this since before the rose bowl so yeah penn state won so that's good um but things move very fast in this time period uh it's absurd to track the portal track all this kind of stuff um you know recruiting is gonna get back going again this weekend with the junior day for penn state uh official visits etc there's a lot going on. It's a great time to hop onto Blue White Illustrated um, because our off-season coverage is something something else right now. Um, so check it out um, on the site. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, do all the things that help us out because just those little things, they do help us out. So we appreciate that. Um, but uh, over the getting over the promo here, just a lot going on. Nate, that Rose Bowl, we haven't talked about it since, and it's not on the rundown, but I didn't think about it until the intro that we haven't talked about it. So uh, one good takeaway from that Rose Bowl, um, I got mine, but I just want to hear yours. Uh, Nick Singleton changed the game and helped Penn State win it, and I think it bodes very, very well for him and for Penn State football moving forward. What's yours? It does. And by the way, you did call that big run. You called, I think, for a 95-yard run instead of an 87-yard run. No, so I said he's going to break one. We're, well, at the beginning of that drive, though, when they were at the five-yard line, you said, this is it. This is when it's going to happen. And then they got, what, seven yards, and then then it happened. So partial credit, mostly credit to you, your Berks County brethren, um, Nick Singleton. That was awesome. Um, but it, it shows, I think, and this is my thing, vaulting into 2023, that they have those pieces that we talked about that they sorely missed the last couple of years, those game changers, those game breakers. Singleton's there, obviously. Defensive side of the ball is still coming along. Uh, you got Curtis Jacobs back this weekend, who, you know, or excuse me, this week. Uh, I'm still on holiday time. I'm not sure what day it is. Um, but uh, you you just have – there's there's more optimism. There's more hope going into this season than any season probably but 2017. You know, there's yep. there's a lot of talent on this roster, and, and they have things to do to – uh, you know, uh, things to address. Obviously, you're breaking in a new quarterback. That's going to be, you know, number one on every every offseason list. But there's still things that they have to take care of. But if they do, and this is a relatively smaller list than than we've seen in the last couple of years, if they do, there's there's something to work with here, Nate. Yeah. No, I I just I feel like a uh, perpetual whip like it talking about quarterback because I think so highly of Drew Allar and Bo Perbula. Uh, it's just that also. Sean Clifford probably played his best game in his career in that probably. Rose Bowl. No and problem so, about it. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, well, Auburn at Beaver Stadium was was a really good game as well. But in any case, it, it that's neither here nor there. The point is, 
to have that consistency, to have that presence at, at, at quarterback, it's just such an important position. Uh, you know, that like if there if there is a what if uh, that is certainly among the higher ones, but so is the receiver position who he's throwing the ball to. And uh, if if that's the setup, what, what do you it's got for me? Almost here? the setup, because you made a great point about Clifford. Like you're flip flopping roles here next year. If you move to Drew, the physical talent, like the the top tier physical talent, can make all the throws, etc. Sean Clifford, one of the best quarterbacks in the country before the snap, like directing traffic, getting guys where oh, they no. need to be. It, we talked about this before. Once that ball is snapped, you're not sure what's going to get. You got the great, the the best of it in the Rose Bowl. So that's what you're going to have to address is you're bringing in a sophomore quarterback who got a decent amount of reps, uh, despite what people want to argue, got a decent amount of game reps this year. And that's what you, that's the biggest thing is is can he direct traffic before uh, before the snap to get Penn State's offense in the positions that it needs to be because you know a, a large percentage of this game is alignment a large percentage of this game is numbers and that's that's what Sean Cliff that that is the best thing you could say about Sean Clifford is he put those guys in those positions it it also it also changes pretty dramatically I think what Mike Yersich's role is in all of this right is is how the things that he believes his quarterback, whoever it is, is comfortable with and then implementing those things because it's 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 this balance, right, of of pushing as much as you possibly can, putting as much on that guy's plate as you possibly can so that they can recognize things and make adjustments and so on and so forth versus simplification. Um, T. Frank talks about it all the time about that that Clemson offense in Trevor Lawrence's first season is it's it helps when you have playmakers surrounding that guy to 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 simplify those things to to take that off his plate. So it, it, it's going to be I think it's going to be fascinating to see what style of offense what exactly it is that Mike Yersich believes the identity of Penn State's offense can be next season. Okay, now it's time for the segue. Now it's time for the segue. Uh, the, the quarterbacks, they need somebody to throw the ball to. Penn State has some players who can catch the ball, uh, they, right? Like, it's not like there's nobody in the receiver's room. And we'll touch on that in a moment. But very clearly, Penn State is seeking help there uh, in the transfer portal. And last night, there was some news. Yeah, I mean, this whole week has been just upside down with uh, transfer portal news. Uh, Devin Carter... The one-time commit to Penn State, uh, committed after the Rose Bowl uh, in the locker room, did his own thing, announced everything like that, came up for a visit last weekend. He came out of that. Penn State uh, had many questions coming out of his official visits. He ended up flipping to West Virginia on uh, Wednesday evening. Not going to get into that one too deep. Uh, if you want to check out our message board, that's where we've kind of uh, dug into that one. So it seemed like the torch was passed to Tyrone Broden from Bowling Green, another big receiver, 6'5 on the outside um, that can run a little bit. And uh, he was set to well, set to commit to Penn State on Wednesday and tap the brakes. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a lot a lot going on at this time. Tap the brakes and, you know, it's kind of uh, decided to go in a different direction, I believe. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, Freddie Roberson from Eastern Washington is supposed to come in this weekend. Penn State's still working on getting some guys in this weekend because I believe Sunday is the deadline for registration at, for classes at Penn State. Penn State goes back to school about a week earlier than most other schools. So it's kind of, I mean, it's something you got to work against or work with or however you want to put it out there. But it's uh, it's another another hurdle to climb 
game when you're trying to add somebody for the spring semester. I will say Dante Cephas still out there. Um, not going to go anywhere um, this uh, this spring, except Kent State seems to be the uh, the, uh, uh, the the prolonged thought there to go back and finish his degree, which I think is the right call. If you uh, if you got more details on this, um, but I think Penn State's still in a good spot for Dante Cephas, and um, they don't start classes until next week at Kent State. So for things to be officially official, there he's got to get back and get enrolled and take care of what he needs to get. Um, so there's a lot going on. Like I said, there's, there's some more guys on the, on the, the, the list guys that Penn state wants to get up for a visit, check out the site for more on that. But that brings us back to our original question. Why does Penn state need a transfer receiver and where are the holes on this, uh, two, three deep, uh, whatever you want to call it at wide receiver that make it such a necessity to add one, probably add two for the 2023 season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly the stat page says quite a bit, right. In terms of one and two, both being gone, you're, you're not going to have Parker Washington, obviously it, it certainly puts his decision into a brighter spotlight, right. His, is Parker Washington returning for another season would have been such a massive boost, um, now that and I don't know maybe it was obvious from the get-go but now that Penn State's situation in the transfer portal is kind of playing itself out I, I do think it's it like it's magnified of hey th- this is what the actual impact is uh, of Parker Washington not being around uh, but certainly M- Mitchell Tinsley as well what try to put this in the context for us I mean what like yep. what to what level is <laughs> I don't know how to say this without it sounding demeaning, but like how how far will Penn State go to bring in somebody, somebody's in the transfer portal at receiver? I mean, are they are they willing to bend what their wish list is in terms of the fit into the program, all of those things, uh to 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 bring a guy in and help solidify that position? I mean, it, it comes down to how good that guy is. Like, if you looked at the outset of this transfer portal, where they they identified Cephas and Devontae Walker and uh, Dante Thornton, Caden Prey, they're guys that they knew that they thought were in that top tier. I think they would have stretched their numbers. And it, you take if you get three from that group, that would be the most insane haul that you could have gotten. But you would have you would have sort of upset the cart in your room taking three guys um you know the 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 number has always been two um and i think that you can still get there it's just a matter of like t frank and i talked about devin carter earlier this week and we were just kind of skating around like yeah he's a pretty solid receiver like is he going to be your number one next year i don't think so like and that's where you know and i think tyron roden is a step below that um he bring these guys bring um in you know, sort of, uh, they, they check some of the boxes, but I don't think looking at this, at what's out there, anybody's going to come in and be like the, the, the bona fide number one, you know, Mitchell Tinsley, yeah. we thought was probably going to be a one slash two with Parker Washington. Now you're replacing 97 catches. So, you, you know, as Penn state, you've got something to sell there to guys that want to come in and put up some numbers. Um, but unless you're a dynamite bona fide number one, which I think, maybe Dante Cephas is that's I think he's the closest at least on the board right now I mean he's he's by far the closest to uh to what yep. you can get as a number one 
Um, but I, I think that that comes into play when you're valuing these guys in the uh, in, in the portal. You've got Keandre Lambert Smith. Uh, is he a number one? He certainly thinks he is. I mean, you you and I were in the tunnel after the Rose Bowl. There's no doubt that he thinks he's a number one receiver, and that's that's great. You love the you love the confidence there. Um, but uh, you know, you wonder, you know, how how do you compliment him? What is his best role? If you bring in a guy that's an outside guy, is his best role uh, in that short area quick the the elite short area quickness that he has is his best role in the slot. There's questions about moving these guys around. So it's not like you're bringing in a a Jahan Dotson or a guy that's a a definite number one. So I think your numbers kind of have to fluctuate based on how good these guys think they can be and also how many years they have left. If you bring in a guy that's got three years left, you're not really doing as much to, um, you know, tell your starters that their job is up in the air, something like that. So, I, yeah. I just think it's it, it it seems like it's moving the goalpost, but I would say it's it's definitely a sliding scale based on how good they think these guys are and where they slot into the room. I mean, you've got Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace, but like, are you bringing in a guy that's going to move in front of Trey Wallace and be a number two? Or are you bringing in a guy that's going to slot behind him and be a just a role player as a, as a third player? And that's that's interesting. That's where NIL gets involved because these guys in the portal right now are, you know, they're they're a lot of them are looking for something, and whether that's money whether that's uh guaranteed production or something like that was just just kind of absurd um <laughs> it's it's really um fascinating to watch this portal because it's 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 all gray area i mean there is there is no black and white in the portal until that guy is in is in class and we saw that this week with devin carter yeah Let, let's start with keandre uh i i spoke to him actually at the media day, well, both actually. I talked to him in the tunnel after the Rose Bowl, after his game, which he had a, he had a nice game in the Rose Bowl. Great. Great um, so spoke to him then, but also spoke to him before that and talked about next season. And you know, look, as you said, I asked him point blank, "Hey, are 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 you a number one? Are you are you a guy who can be a number one receiver?" And uh. T- uh you know, I, 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 this is me editorializing here, but I mean, it was like, he was insulted, right? Like, uh, dude, dude, he, as a freshman, I, I tweeted that he was a great third option to have. And this was behind Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. And maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Pat Frymuth may have been around or I don't know. I don't even remember what it was. Um, and it's like third option, like, how dare you? And, and, uh, I was just like, Okay, man. Like that's that's cool. Um, but yeah. you know, there, this is about progression and physically, yeah, very talented guy. Um, and and if he if that's if that's what he has to do to get himself motivated, I'm all for it. You know, hate us all you want, I, I don't care. Um, it, it, I don't it's think he hates us. No, but but <laughs> that that is you know the psychology of an athlete. Sometimes yeah. you need the motivation, and you produce the motivation that that happens. And you know, maybe that's that, that's what he needs, and if he does, that's that's great. All for it. I think he, I think he's talented enough to be a number one. Uh, I just think he's got to step up uh, consistently and, and and show that. And I think he's going to get an opportunity to. Yeah, I was going to say to to what extent, and certainly you, you could see some of the things that James Franklin was saying towards the end of the season. He got hurt in the middle of the year, right? So so we know that we know that some of his early production wasn't what he wanted it to be, but. The, the way James Franklin spoke about how happy he was for him, the, like some of the things that happened at the end of the season with Michigan State games, certainly, uh, and then now with the Rose Bowl, like to what extent do you think Penn State is, 
how, how much has the message been received, I guess? And how much is the message from Penn State side of things? Like you, you have the ability to do that. You have the physical capability of being that guy. Consistency, 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 right? Like, that, do you think that that uh, wavelength has has meshed at this point between those two sides? I think somewhat. I mean, I, I can't say for sure, to be honest with you. It's a it's a good psychology point, but I, I don't know that, you know, it's tough when you're trying to say, I mean, this guy was number four in receptions on the team and that's, you know, there's, there's, there's a role for him. Absolutely. And there's, there's been in the way that Penn state has produced receivers, there has been uh, a template of guys that were in his situation before that have stepped up. Jahan did it behind KJ Hamler. Parker did it behind Jahan. You know, the, the, this is the assembly line that you're looking at and, and possibly turning into can Keandre be that next guy? And, and, and we had the same questions about those other guys about whether they were ready to step up and be that guy. So I think that's, um, you know, that that's still to be held out there. And, and, and again, the talent is there, um, consistency, uh, confidence, all those things go into it. Can there be somebody else in that room who just, you know, it's not overnight, right? It feels like it's overnight because, one season to the next, but over the next nine months, is there anybody in that room that can, can do it right? I mean, Malik mega is, is so interesting to me just because he has always been so appealing from a physicality standpoint. It's just, it's just the position, right? It's just, it's just catching the ball uh, consistently has been an issue for him. Trey Wallace, uh, Jaden Dotton is a guy who at one point there was a little bit of optimism for him. Where, where do you see those, not necessarily the true freshmen, but the guys who have been in there for a year, Liam Clifford, right? Like, is there anybody in that group that you think can, can be a, an active productive, like, Oh, wow. He's better than I thought kind of player. Yes. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head as why Penn state needs a transfer receiver. I think it's in this, this area right here is, can you find that guy? I do think Trey Wallace can be that guy. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of fall into it sometimes and think that, you know, guys are what they are, you know, when we see them for their first extended action, I think Trey Wallace is going to continue to get better. And I think he has gotten better. And I think he'll, uh, I think he's got the athleticism and, and with confidence, you know, he's had some drops and things like that, that he has to get over. And that's not just a physical thing. That's a mental lump that he's got to get over. But I, I see him as a starter next year. You know, I, I, I look at this roster or this, this depth chart and I see Keandre and I see Trey, and then I see a little bit of a gap slash question mark because you're, you're not sure where that, that third guy is going to come from mega. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of like Daniel George all over again, looks amazing. Uh, does some amazing things athletic athletically, um, just hasn't been able to catch the ball. Jaden Dutton has not been able to stay healthy. Liam Clifford's very interesting. Um, cause I think he showed a little in small doses. Um, I, I'm just, wondering what he brings whether it's a, a a rotational piece down the road or if he's a guy that can step into the slot and and be a consistent guy that that, that moves the sticks for you um i think his role is probably a, you know a little naturally limited but that that's fine you know you need those guys um the two that i lump together all the time so far is caden saunders and amari evans the true freshman uh, you know the both uh well, saunders uh, redshirted. He did play in the Rose Bowl in, in actual meaningful reps. I mean, this wasn't an end of the game situation. He was in there. Um, and then Evans, who played a bunch this year, but really, you know, didn't get many looks his way. Um, those are two guys that you're looking to take a step. Um, you know, just from talking from pe- to people in the program, it seems like Saunders 
has started to come around to what they thought he could be. Um, you put on the tape when he's been in there and he's been open, you know, whether he's been hit or not is, is, is up in the air, but that's a big ask to, um, to go from that, that tier of Keandre and Trey, which still has something to prove themselves um, down to Caden Saunders and Amari Evans and asking them to be a three, four, four, five, what, what have you. And then you throw Liam Clifford in there. I, I just think there's too many question marks to leave that one open and that's why, to me, a guy like Cephas would be a really, really good get uh, for Penn State. It's just not, I don't, it's not going to happen right now. What, what, uh, Caden, I, I think, certainly stands out to a lot of people just based on what the projections were for him coming out of high school. Uh, do you think it's fair? I, I don't want to lean on cliches here, but like, do you, do you think it's fair that the opportunity to be in the weight room at Penn State going through, you know, an off season of eating all, all that stuff. Right. Right. Like, I mean, cause that's it, right. Is, is toughness bulking up, like you name it, being able to, to do the things that really, if we're talking about mirror storylines, I mean, that was a big question with Jahan Dotson at one point in his career too, right. Was, was being able to, to put that weight on and uh, be able to maintain his quickness, you know, so on and so forth. The, is is that the storyline for him? And is that something that can be accomplished in the nine months between now and next season? I mean, what, what does James always say? It, it's everything. So it's, it's nutrition. Right. It's, it's getting stronger in the weight room. It It is sharpening yourself, like not only as a route runner, because that's what we think of when we think of wide receivers, but also as a worker, like as a guy that's going to come in and know the expectation. He's been around some, some pretty good players and, you know, you'd love for him to, to model his game after Parker Washington, even though they're not the same player, but you would think that he picked some things up from Parker, from Mitch Tinsley um, in the last year. And, you know, you kind you kind of hope sometimes when things don't go to plan, um, you kind of hope that it is an eye-opening experience because like yep. sometimes you, you just get off that exit and go, but when you keep going, you have the opportunity to um, find yourself and find true growth. So I'm thinking that they they really hope that that second option is what Caden Saunders can see because, you know, he's got speed. He's got uh, ability. Um, he's done it. You know, it's not a guy that was just all testing numbers and things like that. He's got uh, some some bona fide tape to, to back him up. Um, and I think that he has the option to me. You know, he's he's probably the closest guy to breaking out and that is I think another reason why Penn state needs a transfer receiver. Can, can you, can you go to a red shirt freshman that, uh, you know, really hasn't had, uh, I mean, it, it didn't seem like he was very close to being put over that, that four game threshold, you know? So right, I think right. that's a question and, and that's not an insult to Saunders. I think it, it, that's just a status of the room update right there. Evans yeah. is really interesting to me because he has that speed. Um, he is that guy that has the numbers, uh, the testing numbers and things like that, but he doesn't have the receiver, um, tape, skill set, everything like that to back it up. It's tough to, you know, to make that leap. And I'm, I'm glad he played as a true freshman because, you know, he brings something to the table with that speed. But at the same time, you know, he was very, he, he was very apparent when he was out there as a true freshman. And that's not, right, right. not an insult. It's just another, another way to say that, uh, you know, it's a big game for big guys and, and he can, he can fit in there with the speed, but, this offseason, excuse me, this offseason is going to be very important for both of those guys from a nutrition standpoint, from a weight room standpoint, from a, um, you know, a confidence uh, initiative standpoint. You know, these guys, it takes a special person to step up, not only to be a number one, but it takes a special person to step up, step up and crack 
that lineup, you have to be confident. And I know that, that it comes off, you know, as arrogance with wide receivers, but you have to have the confidence in your ability. And, you know, not everybody that comes in either, not everybody that comes in and red shirts, not everybody that comes in and plays, but really doesn't play has that, uh, that confidence coming out of their freshman season. So I think that's very big for both of those guys to take a step because physically, uh, athletically, uh, from a speed perspective, they just bring something a little bit different than those other guys. Yeah. I think I think uh, I had kind of an extended conversation with Mike Yurzic, and we'll get to this uh, in a little bit here. But one of the one of the topics that we talked about was certainly the receivers and his approach to that room. And I mean, a lot of it is like playing shrink, right? Like playing psychologist for the entirety of the room is yeah. is figuring out what motivates them, figuring out all the buttons to push, what how to elicit the the best of them. And it, I mean, really, he said it. He, he was like, it's my job. It is his job personally with Taylor Stubblefield to be able to to get that out of those guys. Two two more guys that we need to touch on. Uh, Christian Driver is a guy who made a position switch. He'll be, he'll be in that receiver's room. Certainly from a name perspective, <laughs> we'll we'll have people drooling uh for for next season and to see what he's able to do with that position even though certainly Penn State pegged him first on the defensive side of the ball. So that'll be interesting and then Carmelo Taylor uh what what are some of your thoughts on those two guys? You know, I think with Driver um I I, I feel better about his wide receiver prospects. Obviously his, his dad is going to go a long way in terms of like the genetics and everything like that, but I think he's a little bit faster than, you know, we thought coming in. And that's a good thing because I think he had a 12 something hundred meter dash. And that was our only frame of reference for his speed. And that's not good. That's not, that's not good at all. Um, so I think, and he came in, he was faster than that. So that, that was certainly a relief from an athleticism standpoint. And then this is a guy that you see, you know, after, I, I think he's had this in his mind for a long time. Cause we would see him after practice on the jugs machine. That's not typically, uh, an area for corners, you know, cause corners are corners for a reason, uh, but working on those hands, working on those things. So I think if you put this guy who believes he's a receiver and believes uh, very deeply, like I talked to him out in LA, believes very deeply that he's a wide receiver, then that's a recipe for getting the most out of your guys is to put them in the spot where they, they feel the most confident. So I, I would keep my expectations in check right away until we hear some things in the spring, at least yeah. <laughs> um, from him. Um, but athletically, I mean, he's a, a solid kid. Like he's, uh, you know, he's built, built very well, um, a little bit more athletic than I think we, we gave him credit for coming out at high school. One of those guys that sort of works his way into it, you know, and that's, uh, that's, uh, you know, for, for a room looking for another guy, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, Carmelo Taylor, uh, very fast. I, I don't think he's ready. Um, you know, it's, it's probably, um, along the lines of Amari Evans last year, would it, it would it surprise me if he played next year? No, but would it surprise me if he had a, a giant role in playing? Yeah, I think so. Very skilled guy, um, returner, things like that. I think he's 155 pounds is basically where I get get away in saying that uh, you know it's going to be tough for him to come in. Uh, he's not a January enrollee. Uh, come in and and do his thing and 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 make it uh, you know make an impact right away. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think we've exhausted the uh, the receiver side of things, but I know Penn State Until is next week, yeah. Until next week. We, yeah. <laughs> Nine months to go, guys. Uh, there are other areas that Penn State is still looking in the transfer portal for what it's worth, right? Uh, can you give us a little bit of an update on just maybe not players at this point, but certainly earlier in the week, we saw some defensive tackle movement that uh, may or may not have been to, to Penn State's liking. Where, where do you see Penn State going uh, in its in its remaining pursuits in the transfer portal? Well, they went over three in defensive tackles, and that's not good, obviously. Um, that's a situation where it's very hard to find those guys. We've talked about that before, and it's going to be very hard to find a guy like that to come in for the spring, especially with the the deadline essentially being this weekend. Maybe you can get around with some late registration. I don't have to check closer on that, but defensive tackle right after um, wide receiver, the biggest need. And so far, not much there. I mean, even, even the guys they were after, um, you know, Davon Sears was a, uh, excuse me, Davon Sears was uh, a guy that, you looked at as a potential depth piece with, with some years remaining. Um, and you know, this, this room, if you, if you lay out this room, there is guys that are going to be here for a couple more years and you know, that's kind of a wash. So they haven't found that guy. They, they want to find Tangelo. I mean, <laughs> that's basically what it comes down to is they want to find that, that dude that they can plop in there for a year and uh, feel good about that or a year or two and go, go from there. So far, it just hasn't happened, but uh, defensive tackle still out there. Cornerback was our number three going into the, uh, the off season and they found one in storm duck. Um, yeah. You wanted to throw that one at me because you said nobody expected them to take a corner. And then I reminded I you quickly. That. Yeah, you did say that. Those were your exact words. That's you reminded crazy. me, I reminded you quickly that uh, that was the number three need heading in. Can be very tough to get an offensive tackle right now, um, or running back. Uh, still, you know, it's 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 still a fluid situation. So I think it's just be very tough to to add anybody before this deadline. Um, and we'll see this weekend if they try to sneak somebody in for another official visit. If if things don't have, let's be realistic about this, right? If if things don't happen right now. Uh, set the blueprint. When when will things happen? How how does this shake out? Whether you know what I mean? Because there, certainly there's going to be, I would assume, another round of evaluations and and so on and so forth. How how lay the map? Uh, May first through fifteenth is the next round. Now you you've got an opportunity if you're a grad transfer to go in basically whenever you want. Um, but that's you know you're kind of. Uh, relying on chop Robinson popping up in the spring. And that does not happen often. Penn state for lack of a better word, got lucky when he went in and he was interested and he was ready to go. And plus you didn't have the window situation that, that they have now. So May 1st through May 15th is the one that you have to, to lean on. And that's, I'll be honest with you, man, that's uh that's not, uh, there's not a ton of optimism in terms of finding the guy that you want to be a potential starter, be potential impact player there. It can be done. Absolutely can be done. It, it was done with Chop Robinson. But to resign yourself to saying you're saving yourself for that window is 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 a tough, tough way to go about it. So be yeah. very interested to see what which direction they go. Of course, those guys are going to probably go through spring practice with their team. Some of them won't. Some of them will decide, you know, in the next couple of days, weeks. I think the 18th is the portal uh, cutoff for non-grad transfers that they 
want to finish up their semester um, at their current school and then go somewhere else. Um, so that that's another layer that's that's interesting. But I just I have a hard time saying that you can rely on the spring window to to get your shopping done. Yeah. Can can uh, <laughs> this is uh, educational for me it is our players on on May 1st going to look we know the back channels we know that there's conversations and things that uh happen so that you're aware of what's out there right or what, what could be out there no. uh no i know color me surprised uh yeah. <laughs> is it is it a situation where guys are going to tweet that they're in the transfer portal on may 1st and then also tweet the offers that they're getting like immediately afterwards how, how because i would assume to a certain extent there's an evaluation that needs to be made figuring things out from, from whether it's Penn state or anybody else, right. To, to know, to, uh, you know, background, right. Like yeah. figuring out whether or not they're a fit. It's, it's going to be kind of the same as it was leading up to December 5th, where guys would announce their intention of entering the trans transfer portal. So I think Dante Thornton announced just after Thanksgiving that he was going in the, the transfer portal. So it gives your guys time to, just basically ramp up because by the time they get in there, if you're not ready, if you're not already to jump on them, you're behind. Um, I think some guys have learned that, you know, going in on December 5th and announcing your commitment or announcing your offers right away is, is not a good look for either side. And that's yeah. something that I don't know that there's any ramifications for it, but you know, it's going to turn some heads that, that that's how that works. Um, especially with the decision, especially with guys that go into the portal one day and then pop up, on campus somewhere else the next day. We've seen that in this cycle as well. Um, it, it's a whole lot of just gesturing and everything like that at this point um, with, with some of that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be something where there's a buildup period, you know, in late April um, and then May you can put the paperwork in and that'll get processed and then you'll start to see that. And then you'll see, see guys pop up in May uh, on visits and things like that. It, the, the window much shorter. Um but uh, yeah, I think that that's really, really where you're going from. And again, going back to the grad transfer thing, you know, that they have more options in terms of visiting, in terms of contact, they can go in at any time. Uh, I don't really expect many coaching changes, but that's, that's another layer there that, uh, sure. you know, we'll, we'll go into that, but that's, that's not really the season for that. Yeah. Uh, last thing, uh, your thoughts on Curtis Jacobs, obviously making his announcement, him, him coming back, what, um, what, what, what are you, uh, where, where are things for him? What do you think that means for Penn State's linebacker room next season? That's a great question because, I mean, you, number one, you've got options, you've got numbers, which is not, not something we said about Penn State's linebacker group. Abdul Carter being where he was this fall was a surprise and a very pleasant one. Um, now you've got an opportunity to return a couple, maybe three starters, um, and and try and figure out from there. What's the, the interesting thing to me, and I reached out to some people about this this morning, coming onto the scene uh, when he started to break out in September, we talked to people and they say, well, I, I think Abdul is eventually best suited as a Mike. Well, he wasn't going to move over there, um, especially in the midseason, um, but they found a way to get Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs on the field at the same time. And it worked spectacularly. I mean, it was it was it was very good. Um, Curtis much more confident and productive in that field uh, linebacker spot. And he's got some improving to do himself, but that 
core right there as your two outside linebackers, no matter who's on the inside, Elston, King, whomever, um, I think that that's a great setup for next year. To me, I'm curious to see if that prophecy is fulfilled where you move Abdul Carter into the middle and you move Jacobs back to the wheel and you keep those guys on the field in the box the entire time. Um, skeptical that that happens because of how successful they were with uh, with the uh, the late season run that they had with Carter at the wheel and uh, and and Jacobs at the Sam. Carter, to me, uh, you know, I think he can play anywhere, but I, I would love to see him in that wheel role that they carved out for Micah Parsons, where they kind of let him do a little bit more from the outside, take some of the responsibility off in terms of run keys and things like that. And he's just open to make more plays. And that's, to me, where he's most valuable because you can rush, you know, you can rush him from the middle, but you can rush him more effectively from the outside from that, that wheel spot. So that, to me, Curtis Jacobs, him coming back, gives Penn State uh, legitimate options to work through. Um, of course, w- at the Sam, you've got DeLuca there. You've got some some young guys that are coming up. In the middle, you've got Elsden and King, who both need to get better, frankly. You know, that's uh, that's, that's certainly a, a, an area that you can have improvement or you need improvement from. Um, but that linebacker spot, just just much better. And this is this is something we expected. I mean, this is we've been talking about this on the site since December that we expected Jacobs back. So it's not, uh, you know, the announcement is a, is a great thing, but they've been working with this for a while with the... Uh, the assumption and the knowledge that he was coming back. So I think that that's, that's pretty cool um, from, from a defensive perspective. Good problem to have for Penn state. Uh, good problem to have for you and I is that we have many more topics to talk about that we will talk about next time. <laughs> right. uh, for anybody who is catching this on YouTube, please like subscribe, get notifications to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on podcasts, please, 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 Rate our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcasts. We always appreciate it. And last but not least, certainly not least, uh, if you're not subscribing to Blue White Illustrated at on three, please do. Uh, it's $30 between now and the start of the 2023 season. It's a great opportunity uh, to check us out. Our message board is uh, respectfully where it's at. There's a lot of lot of good stuff in there led by Sean and Ryan Snyder. So uh, with that, I'm Nate. He's Sean. This is Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition.